Hey guys, welcome to the Swerve Church Podcast. My name is Danny, the lead pastor. I pray that the message that you're about to hear is encouraging, uplifting, and honestly challenging as well. I want to invite you to join us in person Sundays at 11 a.m. at the Swerve Hub at 239 Stanhope Street, or catch church online at 11 a.m. on our YouTube or Facebook page. Thanks so much for tuning in, and I pray that you're blessed by today's message and that it helps draw you closer to Jesus. We all have a temptation to relive the good old days, right? And stay stuck in a state of nostalgia. For example, for some of you, it might be, you know, they just don't make TV shows like they used to. You know, the, the Honeymooners and I Love Lucy and the Golden Girls. Man, those were some good quality shows. They don't make good shows anymore like they used to. Well, for sports fans, you know, it might say something like, man, the Knicks today, they're so trash. Now, the Knicks of the 90s, that's a different story, right? That was a winning team. The kids today have no idea the caliber of athletes that we had back then. Uh, those of you with children can be especially tempted to be stuck in a perpetual state of nostalgia, right? Your, your kid has a beard and a driver's license, but you still have their hair from their first haircut in a Ziploc bag, right? You, you still have their blankie. You sing them lullabies to sleep. And I hate to be the one to break it to you, but they're not babies anymore, okay? Now I have some friends who are like this about their spiritual experience. Oh man, back in the day, the church was packed. Every pew had people in it, and we had to pull out chairs, extra chairs. Man, God really used to move back then. Now we're all tempted to stay stuck in what happened back then and hesitate or struggle to look forward at what's happening now. And maybe without even knowing it, you've applied that same logic to what Jesus is doing today. Think about it. You know the gospel story, that God loves us so much, He sent Jesus who lived the perfect and sinless life. He died a horrific death on the cross and conquered the grave three days later so that we can have forgiveness of sin and new life. You know that after He resurrected, He ascended back into heaven and promised that He will return again to restore all things. But did you ever stop to consider, what is Jesus doing right now? Yes, Jesus did all that back then, but how is he busy at work today? Is Jesus just in heaven with his feet kicked up drinking umbrella drinks? Or is he just swinging from a hammock, catching sun, waiting for the time to return? Did you ever give much thought into what he's doing and how he's serving you today? Well, you might be surprised to know that Jesus is not on vacation in heaven. Okay, And while his work on the cross was absolutely complete, the Bible makes it clear that he's still at work. And here's how you can view it. Jesus did not only serve us in his life, death, and resurrection, but he continues to serve us even now. Let's read from the book of Hebrews in chapter 7 that shares this idea. Consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. For the rest of our time, I want to try and closely examine this passage and take a look at how Jesus is actively at work serving us even today. I have three big ideas. Here's the first. Number one, you can write this down. Jesus saves to the uttermost. The passage says that Jesus is able to save to the uttermost. And I don't know about you, but that sounds like some good news to me because I know me and I need some uttermost saving. I need a saving that is so powerful, it will come with me to the uttermost. This is most reassuring because it tells us that Jesus' saving power goes to the deepest of the deep to rescue us, and it never lets go. 
It is confirmation for us that there is no hiding place in which we can escape to and that God's love cannot reach. The Greek word that is translated uttermost is the word panteles, and it means all complete, perfect, or utterly. It shows us that our salvation is utterly dependent on Jesus and not on us. And praise God for that. Because the honest truth is that even for those of us in Christ walking the road of sanctification, we are still utterly sinful. But Jesus is utterly gracious. Some of us may be here and we struggle with this idea, thinking that perhaps there is an area of our lives that is simply too dark, too sinful, too shameful, and certainly there's no way that Jesus can reach us there. But the fact that Jesus saves to the uttermost absolutely demolishes this line of thinking. Talking about this very thing and speaking to those of us that perhaps wrestle with this insecurity, Dane Ortland writes this in his book, Gentle and Lowly. Here's what he said. God's forgiving, redeeming, restoring touch reaches down into the darkest crevices of our souls, those places where we are most ashamed, most defeated. More than this, those crevices of sin are themselves the places where Christ loves us the most. His heart willingly goes there. His heart is most strongly drawn there. He knows us to the uttermost and He saves us to the uttermost because His heart is drawn out to us to the uttermost. We cannot sin our way out of His tender care. Is this the understanding that you have of Jesus? Is this the perspective that you have about Jesus' power over your sin? That He not only can but wants to reach down to those darkest crevices of your souls. His heart is drawn to you there. His love is for you now, not some well-off, more polished, future perfected version of you. When I think about Jesus reaching out to the uttermost, I think about the man as described in the Gospel of Mark. He was exiled to live among the tombs. He was so tormented by the demonic that he would self-harm by cutting his own skin with rocks. They would attempt to restrain him with chains and the demons would give him supernatural strength and he would just break out of it. He would scream and yell and no one wanted to come even close to this man. Except Jesus, that is. Because Jesus can reach even to the uttermost. And when Jesus encounters the man tormented by demons, he's able to set him free instantly. And Mark describes him as fully clothed and in his right mind. That's Jesus for you. He is Panteles. He reaches us to the uttermost. It's a never-ending, unconditional love that does not run out on us or run away from us in our deepest, darkest, and ugliest moments. The second thought I want to point out from today's passage is this, and you can write this down, number two, and that is that Jesus draws us near to God. One of the things I think many people tend to struggle with is understanding just how huge of a chasm there was between us and God because of our sin. Most people tend to think that, yeah, there's a, there's a little beef between me and God, but come on, it's not, it's not that bad. But the truth is that our sin made us enemies of God. Our sin created a great divide between us and God. No matter how hard we try to shrink that divide with our good works, we still fall incredibly short. But you see, unlike every other world religion, we don't have a God that waits for us to draw near to Him. Instead, He approaches us. He makes the first move. He takes the initiative, and He does so through Jesus. Take a look at today's verse once again. Consequently, He is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through Him, since He always lives to make intercession for them. Because of Jesus, we are able to draw near to God. In the Old Testament, only a select few were able to approach the presence of God and live, whether that was on a mountaintop or behind the curtain of the Holy of Holies in the tabernacle. But because of Jesus' redemptive work on the cross, 
we can boldly approach God's throne of grace. Jesus is God's demonstration of the immense amount of love He has for His creation. And it is demonstrated through the lengths by which He was willing to go to ransom those He loves. It is through this loving act that we can draw near to God. And here is where the only prerequisite comes. Who is it that Jesus can save to the uttermost? Only those who draw near to God through Him. Jesus constantly made exclusive truth claims about Himself. He said He was the way, the truth, and the life, and that no one could come to the Father except through Him. Uttermost sinners like you and me can experience uttermost saving when we put our faith in Jesus. Allow me to explain it this way. I've had to make countless trips to Home Depot this week. And when I go there, I have an objective in mind. Okay, there's something I need to get to. The prize or the goal is to get to the supplies that I need. But when I get there, I pull into the parking lot. I grab a cart. And before I'm able to get into the Home Depot and achieve the goal, I have to approach some doors. Now these doors, they don't have handles on them. There's no push or pull sign on them because these are automatic sliding doors. The only way these doors can open and that I can boldly approach the throne of sheetrock, lumber, and power tools is if I draw near to the door. If I stand two, three feet away, the doors will not open. No matter how hard I wish for them to open, no matter how long I wait, no matter if I'm a really good person or if I pray really hard, I have to draw near to the doors. And in the Home Depot I go to, you have to draw really close before the doors slide open and it lets you in to all the DIY wonders and possibilities. This is the promise that we have in Scripture. We can experience uttermost saving even despite our uttermost sinning when we draw near to God through Jesus. If you're expecting those sliding doors to open some other way, it's not going to happen. God has provided a way to draw near to us and it is by drawing near to Jesus. So are you drawing near to Jesus? I didn't say drawing near to religion. I didn't say drawing near to being an outstanding or moral person. Are you drawing near to Jesus? Are you leaning on His good and saving work? Have you put your faith in Him? Because here's the thing. Your sin debt was paid in full. Jesus lived a perfect and sinless life. He died a horrific death being once and for all able to satisfy God's wrath on your behalf. He conquered Satan's sin and death and rose from the grave. The work has been done. That which you are incapable of doing, God did it for you already. All you have to do is trust in Him. And if you haven't done that, I encourage you to do so today. Lastly, here's our final thought for today from today's passage. Number three, you can write this down. Jesus is actively at work today. This brings us back to what I mentioned in the beginning. What is Jesus doing today? Is He sitting back? twiddling his thumbs, or wasting his time scrolling through TikTok videos? Well, you might be surprised to learn that Jesus is continually working on your behalf. He led his life and ministry on earth as a servant, and even in his glorified state, with all worship and honor due to him, he continues to serve us. Don't believe me? Let's read today's passage one last time. Consequently, he's able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him since he always lives to make intercession for them. So check this out. Jesus is in heaven, having already saved to the uttermost sinners like, like you and me, who have been drawn near to God by those who have drawn near to him, and yet he is continually making intercession for us. Jesus has a ministry of intercession 
In other words, Jesus is still actively serving us. He didn't just finish the task and hang up the gloves. He continues to serve us. What is intercession? Intercession is when a third party stands between two others and makes a case for one to the other. And there's so much that we can unpack in regards to this, but here's what you have to understand. While we've been redeemed and ransomed by Jesus, we understand that He is perfect and sinless and we are not. And even after experiencing salvation, we continue to sin. And though by the grace of God, our trajectory is growth and sanctification and holiness, we understand that this side of eternity, we will always sin. But even though we fall short, Jesus is in heaven mediating for us, interceding on our behalf. And this is something that is extremely comforting because that means that Jesus didn't just love you when he carried that cross up Calvary or when he hung from that cross and died. His compassionate heart towards you didn't start and finish with his earthly ministry. But even now, his heart continues to beat with love, compassion, and mercy towards you. Because Jesus is making intercession for us, you can be certain that His grace will not and cannot run out. Some of us believe that Jesus' love for us is limited edition. That His grace is like when a new iPhone drops or a new pair of sneakers release. There's only so much of it to go around. But once it's done, that's it. You've lost your chances, but that is not how the love and grace of Christ functions. The fact that Jesus continues to make intercession for us shows that there is a moment-by-moment application of what He already accomplished through the cross. You know, I think it's safe to say that at least in one point in time, we've all been in a scenario where we didn't have someone to come to our defense, where we didn't have someone to advocate on our behalf. With Jesus, you can be assured that that will never happen. He will intercede on your behalf. And when you fall short, and when you sin, and when you stumble, Jesus is there interceding. He's bringing to mind to the Father, I paid for that sin already. I covered the cross. I laid down my life. I ransomed them, and they are now clothed in my righteousness. And this is what Paul confirms for us in the book of Romans. Let's read this verse together. Who can bring an accusation against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. Who is the one who condemns? Christ Jesus is the one who died, but even more has been raised. He also is at the right hand of God and intercedes for us. For those of you who God has drawn near through the drawing near of the Son, who can bring up accusations against you? Who can come to you and begin to condemn you? No one, because God has justified you through Jesus. This is what He did, and it is valid once and for all. While this reality is true, the scripture communicates to us that in addition to what he did, Jesus is actively at work, further demonstrating the immense amount of love for you and me by interceding for us. Maybe you've never examined this. Maybe you've read right over these passages. I pray that you are encouraged and that your heart is full of the compassion of Christ for you. If you're here today and you want to experience this this love that is so great, you can And it's by putting your faith in Jesus. He is mighty to save. He can save you from your sin. He can give you a new life. All you need to do is to surrender to Him. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus, that you save to the uttermost. And boy, do we need your saving grace. We are uttermost sinners. And yet you meet us with with loving kindness and compassion. Thank you for drawing near to us through the person and work of Jesus. And because of your nearness, we have access to the throne of grace where we can praise you, worship you, and we can commune with you. 
Jesus, we thank you that you are actively at work, that your love and compassion did not die on that cross or get buried in the grave, but that upon your resurrected body was also the continual love and compassion towards us. Thank you for interceding on our behalf. Help us live for you. Lord, for those of us that have yet to put our faith in you, would you send your Holy Spirit to melt our hearts, to soften our hearts, to open our eyes and our minds to understand the immense amount of love you have for us and the salvation that you have freely given us through grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Guys, I truly pray and hope that you were challenged and encouraged by today's message. I want to take a second to invite you to join us in person. We're gathering this Sunday at 11 a.m. at the Swerve Hub, 239 Stanhope Street, right here in Bushwick, Brooklyn. And come on over, join us, come to the Swerve Hub. Let's worship together. Let's get together. Let's worship God together. Let's learn and grow together. Let's fellowship together. Why don't you come on out and join us in person this Sunday?